And welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you so much for joining us here on the program. I tell you, every single program that we're here, Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com. We are also podcasting these programs on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and many other locations that you folks are reposting to, and I thank you for doing that. Uh, I, I am a one-man band here for the most part, and I, I can use all the help I can get. So thank you for reposting those interviews. We're going to be giving you our guest's website here shortly so that you can continue your evolutionary process, learn about our guest and the work that she is doing. And uh, also, uh, we encourage you, if you feel uh, that this program resonates with you, and that word has double meaning on this program today, so keep listening. And you'd like to support the work we're doing, you want to be a part of what we're doing, we would greatly appreciate any support that you can send us. We have PayPal and Patreon accounts for your security as well as ours. And we just ask that you do what you can. Uh, we'll take energetic support as well. You know, it's not the question of being picky. It's just a question of every little bit helps, okay? So if you can help us financially, hey, thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you send us energetic support, thank you, thank you, thank you. We also want you to participate in the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s. We have nine years left in this decade, and it is going to be awesome. The first year, it was still pretty awesome. It just depends upon how you look at it. Is your glass half full or is it half empty? And so we encourage you to spend time going within, finding that still, quiet, calm, peaceful place where you can just re-energize and rejuvenate, maybe even cool down, calm down, relax, do whatever is necessary, and then listen to that still, small voice that is going to guide you every step along your life's path, your life's purpose. Today's program, you are going to enjoy, I know I am, and I said it's going to resonate with you. That's because this woman uh, deals in vibration of a myriad type. Uh, Terry Wilder is my guest. Thank you so much for joining us. You are a singer, songwriter, you're a musician. Uh, I want to say you're a gongstress. Yeah, I say gongster. Gongster. <laughs> I like that too. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Richard. I'm excited to be here. This is, I think, going to be a lot of fun. We're going to feature a couple of songs that you have written and performed. Uh, beautiful music too, by the way. You have a great voice. And um, we hope people will stay with us. First of all, I'm going to get this uh, uh, out to our listeners right now. What is the website you would want them to go to that we will be linked to that they can hear your music, they can purchase your music, they can find out other things that you do with with your gongs and all of the other instruments as well as your voice uh, in terms of uh, just maybe even using them for that peaceful, calm, meditative space that we're talking about here in the decade of 2020s. That's exactly what they're great for. And it's very simple. It's my name, Terry, T-E-R-I, Wilder, W-I-L-D-E-R.com. That easy. All right. TerryWilder.com. We will be linked to your website, and uh, people will be able to just click, and away they go. Let's uh, start, maybe start sort of from the beginning as to your uh, your musical upbringing. Uh, I mean, you, <laughs> thankfully, I'm sure your mother would say, you weren't born with a gong in your hand. No. 
<laughs> but when <laughs> when when did this this musical bug, so to speak, uh, get you? Well, I'm one of nine kids. Wow. And uh, yeah, seven <laughs> girls and two boys. I was born and raised in Chicago, and when I was very very little, I don't know, three four, my older sisters went to camps. And they would learn how all these songs and they would learn harmonies and how to sing in rounds. And I discovered very early on that this was something that really spoke to my heart. I could harmonize easily. I could sing in rounds. Music and singing just came very naturally to me. And I actually went professional when I was nine years old. And I was in a little barbershop trio called the Hummingbirds. And we would go around and sing at... Um, schools and retirement communities and um, that was the first time I got paid for a job and again the harmonies and just the singing period I was I was absolutely in love with it and ended up making a career as a singer years later as a songwriter I've done oh gosh everything pretty much that a singer could probably do except opera um, and uh the gongs actually showed up about, mm, I would say, about eight years ago. Hmm. I was doing a gig at a, at a spiritual center in Phoenix. Now, I, I live in San Diego now, so I traveled from San Diego to Phoenix. And a gentleman, a friend of mine, was meeting up with me there at Unity in Phoenix. And he said, I want to teach people how to do tapping or emotional freedom technique. Yes. Which is what you're talking about, you know, getting rid of the, the stress and getting to that quiet place. And he said, why don't you come and sing your music and I'll have them tap to your music as a, an added piece. I'm like, great, because all of the songs that I write have a positive or inspiring or uplifting message. That's really all I want to put my energy into as far as songwriting. So I showed up and, and there was a woman there named Barbara Cole and she had a couple of gongs with her. And my friend had said, oh, she's, she's going to play in the second half and you know, you just sing along with her and we'll just see what happens in the moment. So second half came and she started playing and I'll tell you, Richard, I felt it, I felt it in my heart be, like an instant before I heard it in my ears. And it was like a dam had burst. And all of these emotions came spilling out of me. And as I was singing, I just really let loose. I had no idea, no plan about what I was going to do. I was singing, I was toning, I was laughing, and I was crying. I just had all of these experiences pour out of me vocally. And so afterwards, I asked Barbara, what just happened to me? <laughs> I don't know what this is, and I am in awe. And um, to really shorten this story, I came back to San Diego looking for someone to teach me gongs. Six months later, by a chance encounter in a ladies' room with a friend of mine, Barbara was heard my name, said, tell Terry Wilder, I'm in San Diego. The gong lady is here. She had just moved to San Diego, supposedly to be with a, a guy. 
I said, oh, no, you moved here to teach me how to play gongs because I wasn't <laughs> finding a gong teacher. And um, sure enough, within four months, we recorded a CD called Mystical Gong Meditations. This is with the Gongsters of Love. And you've got the, the recordings with you. And um, uh, then, then I started gigging and then I started teaching a year later and... It's been a glorious journey. And I did get certified as a sound healer about five years ago. Hmm. So I've just, it's just unfolded into this really, yeah, resonating, high vibe kind of a career. Reiki master? Yes, Reiki master also. And I'm, I'm about an inch away from um, certified as a medical intuitive as well. So it's all about energy. Now, it's interesting. Um, I love sharing this joke. It's a Woody Allen joke. Okay. Uh, and folks, you don't know who Woody Allen is? Google it. Um, <laughs> he tells this joke about how he was in school and he was taking Metaphysics 101. Mm -hmm. And uh, after the test was over in this, on this day, uh, he, was, he, was, uh, uh, he was reprimanded for cheating. Uh, because he had looked into the soul of the kid next to him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love telling that joke. In any event, it's interesting. The reason I bring it up is because it's so interesting how much more, shall we call it, coursework or education is out there for many of these, we could say, alternative um, or metaphysical or spiritual uh, um, aptitudes and modalities and so mm -hmm. forth that are out there. I and my wife are both uh, Reiki masters. Uh, oh, wonderful. I, al I also happen to be a minister of the uh, Universal Life Church, uh, the mm -hmm. Internet Church, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which sort of fulfills a childhood uh, uh, dream of mine uh, as a Catholic growing up, being a, becoming a priest. So. Ah. You know, that's usually how it goes. You know, you, you, you're altar boy and supposedly you work up the ladder, but it doesn't work quite like that because you have to go to seminary and all those other things. Yeah. But it's what is so interesting uh, with the work that you're doing. We talk about music and vibration and sound and all of these things in the context of the here and the now. This is what is so fascinating to me. Now, the vibrations that you generate, whether it be vocally or instrumentally, and even the voice is considered an instrument, um, generate vibration. Now, we can feel it, as you said, uh, both physically as well as internally on other levels. But right. the moment that the ear hears it, it's already in the past. It's not even the now anymore. That's right. And the proof is in audio recordings. You look at the screen, for example, my screen right now as I'm recording this program, this, this interview, there's a white line that moves across the screen. And on the left side is the wave, past. The other side, right. there's nothing there. It's blank, future. That yeah. line is the now. When you are performing, certainly, uh, obviously, because you've recorded songs, you have certain pieces of music that you have memorized, but then I'm sure that there are times when you improvise. Can you talk to us about that? 
Well, first of all, I love improvising. And I just had this conversation with a couple of friends two nights ago. I studied at Second City in Chicago for about a year. Wow. And fell in love with improv. I, I do it when I'm singing. Um, it's very it's so potent and powerful to be in the moment. And sometimes you get so present in the moment you have one of those almost out of body experiences where you know you've touched it, you've gotten into the zone. But to be present is exactly being present is exactly what what allows people to surrender to things like sound healing or really any experience. But when I teach gongs, I talk about how there is no plan. There really can't be a plan on gongs because of the nature of the instrument. You can strike it two different times in exactly the same place and get a completely different sound each time because of the way the instrument is made. So the whole idea is that it keeps you in the present moment because there's nothing left brain and right brain. The left brain keeps track, keeps track of the past, plans for the future. Um, uh, it, it keeps track of, of numbers and what needs to be done and your lists and those kinds of things. The left brain does not understand improvisation. Mm. It, it can't latch on to anything. It can't predict, oh, I know what's going to happen. Oh, the, those lyrics come next. There's no such thing in sound healing. And then the right brain, where all of your creative energy and the present moment and inspiration and intuition, where all of that lives, is activated because now we're playing in the playground of the present moment, which is all now what's happening here and now and so oftentimes people have an easier time getting into that meditative state those lower brainwave frequencies mm -hmm. which also is supported by by the sound the sounds of most sound healing um so they they have an easier time just being able to surrender and soften into now. And when you get into that, now you're talking about that still moment that you were talking about where people lose track of time and they're tr they've got a thought, but it, they can't hold on to it. It just kind of slips away. And that to me is the juice of sound healing, even of singing, even if it's a song I've sung a hundred times, when I am fully present with what I'm singing about how I'm feeling about it. It is it is magic. Mm. It, that's where the magic of of living is because living is only here and now. Yeah. So that's a great question, and and improv takes us there. Improvisation, even in the midst of uh, something planned, you know. Oh yeah, it's plans, like yeah. This program are always changeable. Exactly. This program. Uh, I've been asked for lists of questions before an interview. I said, I don't have any. I said, uh, the universe asks the questions. I'm just along for the ride. Yeah, uh, beautiful. I have no clue as to what's going to come next. I just don't. Um, one of the things that's interesting, too, I did a little research on this, and maybe you're familiar with this, the Mozart effect. Uh, was I, I know just a little yeah. bit about well, it. it was you may know more than me. Well, it was fascinating what little I did find out about it. 
supposedly uh, the Mozart effect had something to do with how uh, it would help uh, the brain, for example, to to uh, process information a little differently and you get to those higher states and so forth. Uh, and then, of course, there was another report that, as is normal, that comes out and poo-poo's the whole thing. All right, that's mm-hmm. fine. You know, you believe what you want, you know, but uh, uh, classical music. I, I used to belong to a, a classical CD collection uh, uh, company uh, years ago, and I would come home from work at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, put a, one of those CDs on, lay down on the couch to relax, and I'd, I'd fall asleep, and I'd wake up pretty mm-hmm. feeling pretty good. Uh, but I always questioned, why Mozart? Why not Beethoven, Rachmaninoff, Tchaikovsky, uh, uh, Ravel, uh, um, uh, Ravel, and so on and so forth? Um, you know, whatever other composers that you want to talk talk about. But it is fascinating uh, where the inspiration comes. You, when you are writing music, your, are your inspirations more etheric or are, do you find that you tap into experiences that you have had in your life that have been um, impressionable upon you? Uh, because, as you know, some of the greatest songs are those where the person has written from their heart, from what really struck them, whether it be a heart, you know, breakup of a relationship or a loss of a parent, those kinds of things, or the exuberance of a relationship and, and so on and so forth. And you can tell, you can tell by the singer, wow. That's mm-hmm. that's a deep song. They went deep in to get that one. Yeah. Well, I a, a couple let me I'd love to say a couple of things about that. Um when I uh, I I have to write from the heart. Um I've tried and I've I've done well with um writing for specific intentions like I've I've sung for many many years in different spiritual centers, centers for spiritual living and unity centers and and so oftentimes I would write a song according to a topic that was presented to me for the Sunday on which I would be singing. Mm-hmm. And that was always a fun way to get the juices flowing. Okay, I know, I know a little bit about that. Let me figure out what else I have to say about that or how I feel about it and take it from there. Um, there, are, there are several songs that I've written that uh, just absolutely, some were inspired by some music somebody might have given me or a groove, you know, you get a groove and then, oh, wow. And the words start coming or melodies and they always come differently. Um, so I've written from a lot of different angles, but to me, it's very difficult to sing something that isn't kind of, isn't resonating with my heart. And there's that word again, resonating mm-hmm. that I don't feel something about. Um, I would rather I would rather write about something that moves me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I made a, a very conscious decision to only write songs um, that would uplift or inspire. I, and I gave up about 10 years ago, I gave up singing anything like I sang for many years in clubs and all kinds of gigs like that, casuals and all that stuff, <clears throat> and just made the conscious decision that I didn't want to sing anything about broken hearts and woe is me. I, I, I just didn't want that energy flowing through me. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be putting it out there into the world. Mm-hmm. So it shifted where, 
where I was able to be hired. And that's totally fine with me. I mean, it's all worked out. And then once the gongs came along and sound healing, it's been kind of challenging to even write, which, which really surprised me. It never even occurred to me because it takes you to a place beyond words. Mm. And so somehow I found the words to have a frame that I didn't want anymore mm. or didn't, it was, it was hard to step into that. It's not a box because music is, music can be anything, you know, you can write about anything and it's, but for me, that was just my experience. And it really fascinated me that it, it became challenging to actually write a song now because just for myself, again, it felt like I couldn't quite get the words right because the vibrations were so much more profound for me. I guess that's the way to say it. Mm. Just the nonverbal vibrations became so profound that uh, that became almost a preference. What about the difference between a gong and one of these, either be it a crystal singing bowl or one of these brass singing bowls? You've Tibetan bowls, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very familiar. I have I have several of both of them. Mm-hmm. The gongs, the gongs, because of what they are and the way they're made, and they're metal, and they are pounded, and they are fired, and they're manipulated in different ways. But when you, when you, I, and I don't like, I know I said it earlier, I don't really like to say strike. When you address the gong with a mallet, that's a better term for it. Okay. Um, when you address the gong with a mallet, you get a myriad of tones. You get a much greater range of tones and frequencies than you would with, um, with either of the different kinds of bowls. And so one address with a mallet creates a bouquet. Mm-hmm. A second address creates another bouquet on top of that bouquet. And another, and now what they, they call in, in, a, in a wonderful book that, that I love for people, my students to read, um, it creates a sonal bouquet or, or like fireworks because I see it visually too. Mm. And so you've got lots of different frequencies interplaying with other different frequencies. And in fact, the symphonic gong, which is the one that's used in the symphony orchestras, is such such a, it's such a unique gong that they say that all of the sounds of the universe or all of the sounds of creation are within that one gong because it can, you can, you can produce so many frequencies I'm amazed at what people say they've heard they've said they heard in from from the the symphonic gong in particular from voices to chanting to engines to birds to a friend of mine heard her her dead son talk to her heard his voice wow. come through um the range of sounds that come through just that one gong these masters know what they're doing when they make these gongs is just there's such a breadth to it so um Mm. i don't even know where how i got started on this but anyway but so it's it's okay (laughs) just often running gong talking about gongs yeah no no that's that's a difference that's a big difference between the bowls and any of the bowls yeah Yeah. 
I mean, and some people um, might might look at it and say, "Well, yeah, you you well, you 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 as you, I'll use your term, you address the gong. I mean, you could address it, you know, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and and I have heard um, situations where they've actually done that, and and they start with a very soft address, mm-hmm. yeah, and then they gradually get harder and harder and harder and harder and harder, and then they just let it go. Mm-hmm. They just let it go. And you can, if if you are attuned, you probably can still hear that original soft address. Probably. Um, I mean, it's 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 really something. Now, when, and I'm sure that there have been studies, the scientific studies on the way the waves come off of the metal. You know. I don't know if you ever saw this. Uh, there was an, <laughs> an episode of The Big Bang where they took a big old speaker with a big woofer. They put a piece of cellophane over the top of it. And then they put, um, I think it was um, uh, like, a, like a, a paste of a baking soda, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then they turned the music on. And mm-hmm. you watched the baking soda dance. Yes. On the surface of that cellophane on, over the top of the cone. To me, that seems like where the sound in the back of the of the of the gong would be coming from, right? As opposed to the front, because it's it's sort of kind of bell shaped because it curves yes. to the back, and that's where the sound goes. That's actually how I play. Is I am I when I'm playing for people, I have them on the other side of the gongs from me for precisely that reason. There is mm. just that. On, on the um, tam-tams in particular, they have that ridge that mm-hmm. turned under that is very much like a bell. And I would, I for me personally, and I know lots of different gong players have their own preference, but I prefer to be this side of the gongs and the recipients on the other side because then also I'm not between the sound and them receiving. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I also, um, because I've played for big groups of people i i want to see the reaction and i want to make sure people are okay out there because so often it's people lying down and they're in a meditative state i want to make sure everybody's okay so i'm i'm checking on people as well and just watching to see how they're doing over there Mm -hmm. Um, but that is my preference as well and it's and you're talking about um cellophane the baking soda there's a whole study, and I'm not a real science geek. I wish I were, but I'm very, very right brain. Anyway, there's a whole study called cymatics. And this study is they, they have these big round metal plates, which is interestingly what a gong looks like mm-hmm. before it's fired and shaped. Mm-hmm. It's a big round metal plate, and they feed a tone in underneath the plate. They put sand on the top. And it's amazing when when a tone comes through, it actually, the sand starts to form a design. Kind of like if you're familiar with Dr. Emoto's crystals. Yes, yes, yes. Same idea, same idea. They form these designs. Look it up online. You'll see some extraordinary visuals of this. And they make these beautiful, exquisite geometric designs. And so to know... Um, they've done it with water. They've done it with lots of different, lots of different um, mediums. So to know that we 
that's happening to us too. It's happening inside of our bodies as well. So all of that, all of that gorgeous shaping or uh, reassembling into something pristine and exquisite happening within us. I mean, come on, who doesn't want to live their life that way? Yeah. We've got so much stuck, stagnant energy, and that's exactly what sound healing does, as well as Reiki and a lot of these other energy energy healing modalities. Mm -hmm. We're moving the stuck energy so the body can self-heal. So we're in a place of homeostasis or peace or stillness or whatever you want to call it. And and that's how I want to live in any now moment. You know, you use the word homeostasis. I remember the first time I heard that word. I was helping a woman to produce a series of tapes back in the 80s um, on that very subject. She was, um, I guess you could say, allergic to her environment. I mean, all of the oh, different yeah. chemicals. You know, she was very... Uh, uh, sensitive, uh, you know, and, and so we were producing this, and that was a word that she was using just constantly throughout her tapes was the, the subject of homeostasis. And it took me a while to try to figure out what that meant. One of the things I find fascinating, too, is how we give these quote-unquote new names to things. Uh, I think of, for example, organic. Well, mm -hmm. Back 100 to 150 years ago, when farmers were planting and harvesting their product, their, 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 uh, uh, the fruits of their labor, it's just what they did. Today, we would call it organic because they weren't using pesticides and chemicals and things. Yeah. That's just the way it was. So really, we're going back to the way that it was in this case with farming. One of the things that I found interesting, and, I, and maybe we can talk about this in the relationship to sound. She was telling me, and, and the people listening to the tapes, how she was working with these different companies to create these different herbal uh, remedies, okay, to help people so they weren't so sensitive to a lot of the stuff that they had around the house. And okay. she had to get rid of a lot of stuff, cleaning products, laundry, uh, soap and sh shampoo and all those kinds of things. She had to make her own stuff. And one of the interesting things was that she had to make sure that whoever was harvesting this stuff wasn't mixing the different elements. Like, for example, let's say you had a, a, a warehouse where they were laying lavender over in one corner and they were laying marigolds over in another corner and rosemary in another corner. You wouldn't want to have all three or four or however many different things in that same space because now you are cross, in a manner of speaking, you're cross-contaminating each of those. They are no longer pure because they're in proximity of one another. Mm -hmm. Well, when you're talking about the different sounds that are out there that are bombarding us, and some of them we can't hear with the human right. ear, but they're still there. Um, it's like, how do you find a place on the planet where you can just get the pure sounds that you want to help your body heal? I don't know that those exist very in very many places anymore. I know, like electromagnetic frequencies, all of that. We that's vibration we, too. 
That's all, it's all vibration. And we, you know, outside of my apartment here, there's, there's, there are towers of, I don't even know what's up there. When I first saw it, I thought, oh my gosh, how is this affecting me? I don't, I don't thoroughly know how I'm experiencing it. Mm -hmm. I don't feel detriment, but that doesn't mean it's not happening. Right. Um, and, and I know I've watched these programs on these communities that, that create themselves, you know, with a dozen or two dozen or however many people where they have to live, they have to live far away from cell towers and anything that's bringing in that kind of, um, barrage against their their sanity really because it affects the body it affects the mental state then as well and so there are some communities like that but i remember watching a video i guess on youtube somewhere like that where someone was trying to find the quietest place on the planet and it was someone like yourself who really knows sound and going out with these detectors and trying to find and he found someplace super super quiet still slightly tainted though in the middle of like a forest or something but even then you know you've got sound because you have creatures and you have wind and you know nature and all that but yeah to to find that true true peace calm that's why going out into nature is so important Mm -hmm. for for those of us who live in the city because it's it's like taking a a wash, taking a bath in and cleansing ourselves of all of that stress. It's a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. I know you're not a designer, you're not an architect per se, but I wonder if you uh, are aware at all, and again, this I'm just throwing this out there, I don't necessarily Mm -hmm. have a great deal of knowledge on it, about uh, um, establishing within a structure uh, the kind of acoustics that would be beneficial uh, to uh, the the human body, mind, and soul, if you will, when whether it's gongs, whether it's crystal bowls or Tibetan bowls or whatever the instrument is or the vocal instrument uh, is performed for the purposes of that healing. And the reason I ask this is because I had the distinct pleasure of interviewing the acoustician, which is what they are called. Uh of the Granada Theater here in Santa Barbara. And uh, one of the first questions that I posed to him had to do with the fact that I'm I'm a guy that looks for patterns. That's what I look Uh for, patterns. And I'm looking at the tiles on the walls in the Granada. I don't know if you've been there yet. But if you ever get a chance, you try to find a pattern. And he told me you'll never find one. Because every single tile that is mounted on those walls has been specifically designed for that place in the theater. I think that's magnificent. That kind of takes my breath away. Yeah. That takes my breath away. That's why I say I wish I were more of a nerd like you. I wish I could. <laughs> I wish I could. <laughs> I'm a nerd wannabe. I want to be a geek. Uh, <laughs> we'll help you in any way we can. Well, thank you. Oh, I have had some some geek friends helped me immensely through COVID and trying to learn technology to be able to do what I do on here on Zoom in particular. Yeah. But I, I do have a friend, actually, one of the people on my gong meditation CD, well, our, I should say, it's me and Barbara Cole 
and our friend John St. Clair. Mm -hmm. And he is um, also, a, a, like you, he, he's a studio engineer and um, in, a, in a past life, very, very brilliant scientifically, gets all those details. And he's the one who produced our Gong Meditation CD, which you know, took him three hours to set up the mics and everything all in the right places and everything. Magnificent job. He built a small studio, a structure mm -hmm. that has, I don't even know the exact, but like less than 1% emotional uh, et, um, um, frequencies, the, the frequencies we were talking about, mm -hmm. um, and magnetic frequencies. Like less than 1%, he has it so soundproofed, he has an 80-inch gong in there, <laughs> along with all kinds of other instruments, sound healing. And he's got them, kind of like your friend was talking about at the Granada, he has instruments tuned to frequencies that actually work together. This works with this, these over here. And when they meet in the center of the room, over the bed and all this stuff, it's like, ah. <gasps> I wish I could think like that because wow. it's magnificent. Wow. So yeah, you can take this in so many different directions. You can fine tune it or you can be wonderfully loose and free with it. But we're only limited by our imaginations, right? Yeah. When I was or maybe our geekiness. Or our geekiness. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> or exactly. our non geekiness. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you keep the imagination open, anything's possible. Yeah. Yep. As a kid uh, growing up, uh, and I would occasionally, you know, we all, as we all did as kids growing up, I'd get the cold or some something. I think maybe once when I was in my, I was eight or nine or ten, I got the flu or something. And I was laying in bed and I was laying there moaning and just, you know, carrying on and what have you. My mom and one of my sisters came in and um, my, my sister said to my mom, make him stop. He sounds terrible. To which she said, and I, I'm surprised that I have this memory, but I do. She says, no, that's how he heals himself. And ah. so I encourage everybody, if you're not feeling good, go ahead. Let out a moan. You know, you oh. might, if, you're, if you're not alone, you might want to explain before you do, this is what I'm doing, okay? Uh, or if you can What's find happening? a quiet place. Yeah. But oh, we the human voice that. is so healing, we too, do. because you're, yeah. you are creating and receiving the sound. Exactly. I mean, what better instrument? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? You know, with Reiki healing, for example, I was taught, uh, going through the three levels to mastery, um, that you become the conduit. You are not the mm -hmm. source. No. And you don't control beyond who you are sending it to. You do not control what it does. Mm -mm. You just send it to that person and let them decide what they're going to do with it. Mm -hmm. Now, that then raises the question, what is healing? Because what if the individual, case in point, my uncle on my father's side had terminal cancer. My wife and I gave him an absentee healing. We had one of his pictures. A few days later, we found out he had passed. And my mother told me the story of how he got really mad and threw his medications against the wall across the room, got into his wheelchair, wheeled across the, uh, the, the, the courtyard of the ranch they lived on to where his son and, uh, son and daughter lived, where his son was at the time, had whatever meeting of closure that they had, and then the next day he passed. Now, to me, 
That's healing. But it's not the definition that humanity, if you will, looks to for that purpose. He he was released from that mm-hmm. physical body. But maybe that's where the problem is when we think of healing. We only think of the physical body, but we aren't the physical body. That's not for to say sure. that, let's say your sound therapy, couldn't mm-hmm. have healing effects. But what is real healing here? What does it mean? I think that's I think that's a really profound and multifaceted question. Um, we are so far beyond the body. We're so much more than beyond the body. People want to think of healing as, oh, I feel better now, or my body's better now. Um, I feel physically better, I guess is. But we can we can be healing. I think healing is just removing removing the stuck energy, removing anything that's in the way of that next profound place of, of existence. Um, That's, that's almost too big to answer in just a, a few sentences, but that's wonderful to think about. And it's not always about the physical body having a resurgence of energy and, and, you know, coming back to life Mm -hmm. because life is continuing anyway. Yeah. Um, I think it's the removal of what's in the way. It, mm. it would be a really simplified way to say that. Um, and it's not always going to be comfortable. And I think uh, a lot of it depends on the permission level or allowing of the person receiving the intentions. It depends on their own intentions. I mean, that that's just... That's just a huge question you posed right there. Mm. I don't know. That could be that could be a whole week of studies. <laughs> Indeed, and it certainly could. You're listening to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you for joining me and Terry Wilder. She is a, a healer, a sound healer. Uh, I like to use the broader term for most of my guests, metaphysician, but. Uh, you know there are there are so many wonderful terms, and I remember when I first uh, came to the awareness of the word metaphysical and metaphysician and so forth. I was working for a Christian station, and what I began to learn about Christianity, I would tell people, I said, "You don't seem to understand. Christianity is metaphysical. Metaphysical. Mm-hmm. The definition is not satanic. It means beyond the." physical. And that's all, for example, in the New Testament, that's all Jesus spoke about was beyond the physical that was really important. Yeah, he did the healings. Yeah, he made wine out of water. Yeah, he did all of this other stuff in the physical world. But it wasn't to promote the physical world as the place to be. It was to promote the spiritual world where we are going to, where we came from. At least that's my observation. And I think that, speaking of healing, I think that's that arena is where we are whole, where we are healed. I don't think uh, I don't think that beyond the physical is is um, is where where sickness and those kinds of things live. Mm-mm. I think that's why we're always reaching for it. Or I know I am yeah. I, I, for myself. So I'm always reaching for it because that's the place where I feel truly centered, whole, still, quiet, complete. 
Have you ever found an individual who maybe came for healing, but that really wasn't deep down inside? That really wasn't what they were looking for? And Mm -hmm. I'll give you a case in point. Um, There used to be these uh, live call-in prayer programs on the station that I worked for. And you'd have, and I did this, I was there for 15 years. And I used to hear the same people over those 15 years calling in for what seemed like the same thing. And then it dawned on me, they don't want their healing. Because they're not really, they're not really uh, in dis-ease physically as far as what they're asking for. They're wanting that connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's healing. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> that, because yeah. that's beyond the physical. That yeah. communion, that connection is not a physical one necessarily. It is one where they just, they want to know that. Somebody cares that somebody's Somebody's, out there. Yes, someone cares, someone is there, someone is there for them and with them. Um, Yeah, that reaching out, that's that's potent too. With that, I want to feature one of your pieces here. Now, you sent me two different songs, and I'm going to let you decide what we're going to start with. Uh, We're going to play it in its entirety here on the program. And again, this is Terry Wilder, terrywilder.com. We'll be linked to your website as well. What are we going to listen to here? Well, first, let's just go in order of in which I wrote them. I Choose Joy. And this actually was one of those songs that I wrote for a topic. And I wrote it right around this time of year, a long time ago. And uh, it was for a holiday or Christmas service. And the topic was basically joy. And I was searching around looking for songs to sing. And I wasn't finding the right song that I felt right singing that fit my style, my voice, and what I wanted to say. And so um, I asked the music director, do you mind if I just write something? And he said, go for it. And I Choose Joy is, is what I came up with. And that's what we're going to listen to here as we go to break here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan. This is Terry Wilder, and I Choose Joy. When the walls come tumbling down I choose joy I choose joy When the world stops spinning round I choose joy I choose joy When my heart is hard to move When my music's lost the groove When I have too much to prove I choose joy I choose joy When hate is all I see I choose joy I choose joy
Tell me your story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you for staying with us here on the program, along with my very special guest, Terry Wilder, musician, sound healer, uh, a, a, a gongster. She likes to refer to herself as a gongster. I like gongstress, uh, but I don't know. Maybe that's too sexist, and I, gee, I, I don't know if I should be politically correct or not, but be that as it may, you play the gongs, and your name is Terry Wilder. <laughs> and the website, terrywilder.com, and we're linked to your website as well. Any other instruments uh, aside from these, what some people might consider maybe a little bit more um, off the beaten path, a little more esoteric in, in, in nature, that you play, like the piano or the violin or the guitar or something a little more mainstream? <laughs> yeah, the mainstream. You know, I, I did study music in college. I did not go for a degree. I learned just enough to plunk out the chords that go along with the melodies and the, everything that I'm hearing in my head on a piano and, and guitar. I used to play more guitar. I, I just put down the instruments to pick up a microphone because that was just my preference and I just felt more comfortable doing that. So I know enough to 
to write songs on those. I have a dear friend who bought me a ukulele too, so I play around with that now and then just for just for fun. Mm -hmm. Haven't written anything on it yet, but but I might. Mm -hmm. um, so I have those, and then I have all of the sound healing different instruments like the rain stick, and I'm learning didgeridoo, which oh, wow. is very exciting. Circular breathing is like another planet. So I'll, I'll get there one of these days. Um, I have chimes and all kinds of different things for, for doing sound healing work. Um, and I love the, I love the freedom of that because again, speaking of intuition or improvisation, I just follow my intuition, uh, for, for playing those kinds of things in sessions with people. And that's really fun to me. I'm because I get to create a whole landscape, an audio landscape for um, for supporting someone on their journey. To me, that's that's thrilling. That's very exciting. I love to do it. Well, I myself uh, used to belong to a um, chorus group here in Santa Barbara and a quartet that um, I want to say that I created with uh, three other gentlemen. Uh, and I refer, <laughs> and we're having all kinds of trouble naming the quartet. So I came up with the title of the group, the quartet to be named later. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved it. And I remember walking in the first time. And to me, this is sort of what music does for us. I remember walking in that very first day and experiencing such acceptance, having so much fun, even though I didn't really know the words to some of these songs. I had the songbook and everything, but still, you know how it is the first time you walk into a place and you're trying to yeah. feel comfortable. And they yeah. made me feel so welcome and a part wow. of the group. It was just, I, I, I kid you not, I was in tears uh, because it was just so marvelous to be a part of a group of guys who loved to sing and is that is also very interesting how we still have these blocks within us, both male and female, that tell us, oh, no, 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 no. I, I, there's, oh, you know, there's too many out there or no, I don't sing good enough or I don't have a good enough voice and so forth. Um, do you ever have to overcome those kinds of obstacles when singing two people it's great you sing in the shower it's great you sing in the car when you're all by yourself okay i do that all the time in the car with the music and everything and i used to make songs up when i was a kid growing up just i would just come up with stuff but i was always very reticent to solo if i had some other people around me i felt a little safer you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to say, quite honestly, I have always felt completely at home on stage with people by myself. It doesn't matter. Um, I will say that times when I've been vocally challenged, like a, a, about three years ago, I had I had lost my voice for about three months and uh, experienced um, some kind of nerve damage and one of my vocal cords was partially paralyzed. I, I had gotten an ear infection and it went into my throat. And that had me, that was probably the first time I ever experienced that stage fright because there were, there were times, and I've said this before, that 
I didn't, I wasn't sure what was going to come out of my mouth because I didn't feel I had vocal control. That went on for a couple of years, in fact. I got out there anyway, and I did it because it's where I, it's it's home to me. It's, it's, it's what I do, it's part of how I define myself, and it's great joy for me. So I... I worked really hard. I worked my way through the fear, through the physical challenges, and um, and I'm glad I did it all. But there were times for that reason that I had, I guess you would call it stage fright. I was afraid to go out there and do it and just see what happened. But I, I, I felt very supported by people around me and I supported myself. I really supported myself on the journey, and uh, that was the most important piece. I remember an experience that I had some years back, and we're talking <laughs> 40, um, where I was in a personal growth program called LifeSpring in Phoenix. And uh, in the, uh, in the, uh, one of the exercises was that you had to stand out in the middle of the room, surrounded by everybody else, and you had to do something that would sort of ignite and elicit a response from the group. You can do whatever you want. Acrobatics if you wanted to, if there was, you know, if you could create enough room and so forth and so on. Singing was the only thing I could come up with. And it started out really low, you know. Because here you are in front of all these people. And on top of the personal growth and development uh, 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 mask or, or layer, if you will, there's the stage fright thing. Okay? Mm -hmm. So I'm dealing with both of these. And it was actually a song by one of my favorite artists back then was Barry Manilow. And it was called mm. One Voice. Oh, yeah. So I started out very low and slow, one voice, singing in the darkness, and so forth and so on. And it, before it was all over, I was dancing around a room. Everybody else was clapping. Now, here's what was interesting. When I first walked in the very first night, they gave us all names. After, I don't know, a few hours of, of being with us, they gave each one of us a name. I, I couldn't believe the name they gave me. I kid you not. I still have the piece of paper that it was written on. Prince of Darkness. And oh. It wasn't that I was evil. It was just that I was kind of hidden. I was in the dark. You know, I wasn't out there. Uh, I can't remember what name they gave me after that. But what I do remember was how much fun that was once I, once I was able to get into that. Yeah. And I, I'm wondering if the music in particular for other people in terms of what you do, um, helps them to start realizing, yeah, I can do that. It's okay if I do that. There's no shame in it and so on. And I mean, you hear it all the time from kids who want to go into the arts. The parents tell them there's no money in the arts. But that's not what's important. It's, it's, the, the, it's what you get in payment in the soul, in the heart. Agreed. I, I have to say my, my mom in particular uh, was very encouraging and went to all of, all of the plays that I was in, went to you know performances, drove me and my sisters to and from our, our childhood acting classes and those kinds of things. 
So I did feel supported. Um, um, yeah, I always, I, I, I don't understand why people want to repress an artistic or creative expression. For me, that's where I live. That's, mm -hmm. that's my joy. That's my heart and soul that pumps through my veins. And um, I've always managed to make a living doing it. Yeah. Sometimes better than others. But there are, you know, it's the creative imagination. Well, what do you, what do you imagine you want to do? How can you make that happen? There are so many opportunities for people to to uh, make a living. And that whole starving artist thing, we have to do away with that because that is way too pervasive a belief system yeah. in our world that artists can't make a living and we're going to starve if we choose the arts. You know, yeah. I mean, you you look at anywhere around the world, you've got cities full of amazing musicians. They're not starving. Yeah. They're paying bills and they're doing really well. And and artists, I mean, I lived in Santa Fe for two years. I saw the most extraordinary art and people are making a living, whether whether it's those wonderful Native Americans out there around Governor's Palace selling their jewelry, handmade um rugs and so forth i mean there are so many ways to make a living and you have if you're not making a living from your heart i'm sorry and it's just about the money i don't want it yeah. i wouldn't want it anyway by the way i had a guest who um uh, put an, a nice little uh, acronym to uh, belief systems basically every time she would reference uh, those belief systems she would say yeah and, and people just have all of this bs it is BS. BS. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. Limiting stuff. Exactly. No, no, no. I find it interesting, too, and I, I told myself early on I would not be, as I got older, I would not become the kind of guy in his 50s, 60s, 70s, and so forth that would ever say anything derogatory about any style of music because that style of music whether I happen to like to listen to it a lot or it's just there, okay? I mean, I'm not a fan of heavy metal. Uh, I wasn't a fan of quote-unquote rock and roll in the 70s and 80s, but I love it now. Um, but it is an expression of that individual and what they're feeling, what they're going through, what's happening with them. And we need to be a little bit more understanding of them and the music that they're putting out. Don't You don't have to listen to it. But to say, oh, get this young kid's music out of here. It's just terrible. It's the devil's music. You know, it's like, really? Really? I'd, uh, I'd really like to hear the devil's music. I bet it has an interesting sound to it. Okay? Uh, I, remember, I remember that being the term for rock and roll. Yeah. And Way back when I was, you know, early 60s and 70s and all that stuff and all of that. And, you know, eventually I ended up working at three different radio stations on the air. One was classic rock and one was the oldies. And another one was, you know, uh, an all 80s all weekend station where I, where I worked on Sundays. And yeah, so I, I've surrounded myself with all of that music and 
I yeah. don't know. I love it. It's fascinating. Love- now, I even uh, uh, really enjoyed some of the music that, that I was collecting and playing when I was working for the Christian radio station. Some of it was really cool. Uh, one, one gal in particular who I really enjoyed listening to, uh, I would say probably I don't necessarily agree with her uh, philosophically, but that doesn't matter. What she was saying in her songs was really very cool, and that was Amy Grant. Um, oh, yeah. This, this, I thought you were going to say her, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was also, um, oh, I can't remember this gal's name, Patty something now. I can't remember her last name. <laughs> no, Sandy Patty. That was her name. Sandy Patty, yeah. Sandy Patty. And there was a tailor. I can't remember his name. This was, again, in the 80s and 90s. Um there was also John Fisher. I interviewed him, as a matter of fact, and he had something fascinating to say about uh, his beliefs, his his BS, if you will. Uh, he was uh, he was he grew up in the Jesus movement in California here, and um, he finally moved with his family out to New England. And he said he was sitting one day in the fall, looking out the window of his writer's room, at the leaves turning and everything, and he started pondering. Is what I believe, what I have been told to believe, or what I genuinely believe, that I have come to these conclusions, not by someone else's rantings, if you will, or expositions. And I thought, wow, for someone like this, and it, this is this and many other interviews that I did with many of the, the the authors as well as musicians that I interviewed gave me hope that people would not get stuck in their philosophies, their current philosophies that they were in. Uh, and that's one of the things that you know we're trying to that we're trying to encourage is for people if it serves you, stay there and be served. But if it doesn't serve you anymore, if it's holding you back from accomplishing those, your heart's desire, which is what God wants for us anyway, right? I believe. Then you need to start to make a shift. I know that's scary for a lot of people, though, because change is the one thing we've been told we need to stay away from and we need to fear and, and hate and despise when, in fact, we should be loving it, embracing it, bring it on, you know? <laughs> Because... One of the songs from my very first album CD is called Change Is. Mm-hmm. Everything is changing constantly. We're in constant change. Yeah. There's nothing that ever stays the same. So I have another song called Forever New. Everything is forever becoming new again. New, 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 always new. So change is happening whether you whether you are aware of it or appreciate it or want it or not. Exactly. Terry Wilder's my guest, terrywilder.com. We are linked to her website so that you can continue your evolutionary process, your transformational process. Let's talk to a, a, talk a little bit about uh, how, uh, from not only your experience, but maybe the experiences of others who have experienced your music, who have been influenced or affected, however you want to phrase that, by your, your music. And, and again, we're, when we talk about music, we're talking about everything that you do, Okay. From the bowls to the bells to the gongs to the voice, um, talk to us about your understanding of how the sounds transform us. Hmm. Well, <laughs> I know it's a biggie. 
That's a huge, that's a biggie. And we only have two minutes left. Yeah, all right. Well. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Say, plenty of time. Plenty yeah, of time. Gotcha. I, I, I will say, I'm not, I can't always be aware what somebody else is experiencing. In fact, most of the time I'm not. So I will say that my my intention is the foundation of all of the sounds of my my songs, my my instruments. Um, it's a, it's the foundation of everything. Is that it becomes a facilitator for you or someone else to feel better, to feel differently, to shift or transform in some way, or to even be nudged, or maybe just simply to pique your interest. Um, or you, you may want nothing to do with it at all. It, it, it's almost kind of irrelevant to me. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think the main focus for me is that it comes from my heart. It comes from my intentions of love and peace and harmony. And uh, that's what what anybody else chooses to do with it. Kind of like we were talking about with Reiki before. What what's not, the recipient does with it is almost none of my business. Yeah. But what is my business is my intention um, from which I make the sound or bring out my energy. Yeah. You know, my father is a very private person when it comes to his philosophy. So I don't know a lot about his inner life. And you, using the phrase you just did, it's none of my business. Yet at the same time, I'm curious. But I don't mm -hmm. press. I don't press. I've had him on this program. And I didn't press him on that or, or my mother. But my mother's a little more open about where she's coming from. And boy, has she broadened her perspective and her horizons uh, from my early days. Because um, I remember one day I took to her a book called um, Communication with the Spirit World of God by Johannes Graeber. Hmm. And it's a Catholic who, this was written back in the 30s. And this was a gentleman who <clears throat> was part of the Catholic Church. He was a priest. But he was channeling Kind of like Edgar Casey, you know, he's a Christian yeah. and yet here he's doing this stuff that is supposedly against everything that, you know, he was taught. And uh, so this channel, uh, uh, this entity basically was not saying things that were real complimentary about the church. OK, a lot of the things they were doing back then, you know, and even to the day weren't real great. And my mother was still having that philosophy part of her life. So she didn't care much for the book. But years later, she's sharing with me different books that she's read that I have read now that are far beyond that work, which mm -hmm. so it's like, OK, are we willing, you know, your your philosophy, your belief system is your business, none of mine. All I want to do is I want to share all of these different perspectives with as many people as possible and, and let's see what happens. You know, um, we lay out this table. I mean, you don't play the same instrument at every concert or every gathering or what have you. You choose different ones because different ones, we use the phrase, resonates with you that particular moment. Right. And so you're going to use it. Well, when we ask people to come to our smorgasbord table of philosophies, of ideas, uh, we say don't try taking everything. No, 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 no. Take what resonates with you, what sounds good to you, what what fits with you and serves you 
And then after you have taken that, you've walked away for a little while and you've had a chance to digest it, come back. Maybe try something else because after you have digested that, which you had the first time, it might say, hey, you know what? I didn't care much for artichokes, but, you know, that was pretty good. And next to that was the radishes. I, they look kind of cool. I may try those. And so on and so on and so on, uh, metaphorically speaking. Mm-hmm. And that's what we try to do here is, you know, just keep laying the laying, The table gets longer and longer with every interview. <laughs> um, but musically, have you I know you did talk about, you know, uh, the different things. My father also played the ukulele. He used to play oh, it all cool. the time. Yeah, he would have it with him in the car. We would go for trips and so forth and he would play. Uh, I always thought I wanted to learn, but I never did, of course. Um, are, are there any forms of musical expression that you haven't done but that you would like to experience um i i'm interested in um expanding into a less structured music mm-hmm. i i think i would like to that's that's a really good question i think I, I've been drawn to hear how other like shamanic works, uh, shamanic experiences, what they use and why they use different things and how they, how they tap into that musical expression, how that comes forth. Because as I go deeper and deeper into this, this world of energy meets sound even though energy is sound is energy mm-hmm. and so yeah yeah but, but yeah. a um <clears throat> kind of a, a healing expression i think i'd be interested in like uh for different ceremonies they have different songs that come forth and how how i'd like to study how that happens um in in lots of different mostly indigenous people's worlds mm-hmm. how does music play a role in their healing processes because it does Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of a part of all of it yeah yeah all of those kinds of experiences and everyone is different it still sounds like you're very interested in improvisational yeah 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 and how the soul reaches out to create so i guess that's why i say the last less structured music that i the world that i've been in for for decades um and I like the freedom. I like the freedom that has come with this new, pardon the pun, new wave of music in my world. Yeah. Well, very cool. Very cool. Terry Wilder is my guest here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And I really thank you folks for uh, staying with us. This is fascinating stuff in, in, my, in my opinion. I have, um, I have found it really interesting um, to live by one philosophy that I, I picked up 40 years ago when I was in broadcast school for six, one of those vocational schools, six-month courses, because they were having all kinds of problems with different pieces of equipment. They were actually uh, not jury-rigging, but they would take old amplifiers and they would turn them into consoles, which was remarkable to me. That was oh. like, wow, what an incredible skill as an engineer to be able to turn that into a console for broadcast. That's so cool. But what the philosophy that came out of that was Work with what you have until you get what you want. Because hmm. if you yeah. waited until you got what you want, you'd never do anything. Well, and you might not want it when you do get it, because that could be a long wait. <laughs> yeah. And I remember 
creating certain sound effects with the equipment that I had at that religious station over the 15 years that now are standard fare, for example, in my sound editing software. Now, I didn't discover it, okay, and I didn't know what it was that I had created, but then when I found it in the software, I'm going, oh, wow, I used to do that back 30, 40 years ago. This is pretty cool that now it's just a click of a button, you know, whereas the, the process I had to go through was... It was a little cumbersome, but what was neat was I was able to come up with different things, different, yeah. different uh, aspects. Um, and I myself, I, I, I love doing voices, different voices and so forth uh, that sometimes drive people crazy, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, and, and um, you know, some of my some of my uh, the voices that I created over the years, uh, I've kind of hung on to. Uh, an old man voice, and I even do Hank Hill, you know, from a family, uh, from a, a King of the Hill, the cartoon. I love cartoons, too. I mean, I just absolutely love them because I go into them knowing they're stupid, okay? I know they're stupid, but they make me laugh. And that's what I want to do, you know. I, I'm not a fan of the dramas. A lot of the, you know, it's interesting. I Most of the time, I don't have a lot of drama in my life. I don't know about you. But um, it's like, boy, there are times when drama. Yeah, <laughs> drama is overrated. I'm sorry, it just is. I'm not saying that you know if I didn't have drama, it's, it, it, it would be a boring life. I get that it would be, but at the same time, it's like you know there are certain dramas we really, we really could, we could really do without, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we focus on the wrong things instead of focusing on sound on music, on the beauty in the world. What was it told me years ago? Oh, if you are looking for the devil, you will find him under every rock. But if you're looking for God, you'll find him in every tree or in every cloud or what have you. And I think that's part of our problem is that people are looking for the bad, the ugly, instead of looking for the good. I want to say... You just gave me a perfect introduction to my second song. Do you mind if we go into that? Let's do it. Because the whole thing, my whole purpose around this song was to take in the world around you and see love. And so that's the title of the song, I See Love. All right. We're going to take a pause here. Listen to I See Love. This is Terry Wilder. I'm Richard Dugan. This is Tell Me Your Story. And we want you to stay with us. Take a listen to this. When I take a look around, what do I see? I see the sun and the moon and the deep blue sea. A laughing friend, a baby smile, gift after gift.
Welcome back to Tell Me Your Story. I see love. Um, you know, and I was listening to these songs uh, before, even before the program, but of course here on the program. And and um, who were your, uh, who were you, who, who was your band? Who were your, uh, who was your orchestra or your instrumentation? Uh-huh. Uh, I know that there are some people who play all of this stuff, but you've already told us that, you know, you have a few very select items that you, uh, instruments you play. So you you managed to uh, what, were these just studio musicians or were these people who felt the same way as you did? You were they were like minded and so forth. A lot of them were very like minded and studio musicians and all good friends of mine back in Kansas City where I recorded um, three of my four CDs and uh, I got really really lucky, fortunate, whatever stars aligned. I. I called in the resonating factor musicians um, <laughs> and producer and recording engineer. Yeah, there was there was a thread, in fact, um, in most of those musicians who who were all about what exactly I was writing about. Some of them I co-wrote songs with, in fact, and a couple of them gave me music, and I added lyrics and you know fleshed it out into a song or co-wrote some lyrics or whatever we did but i'm and i'm so honored to call all of them still my friends and they're still phenomenal musicians and doing their work and that's what i was talking about earlier so many so many ways for artists to make a living and to do get to do it together with people you love and care about and respect that's the best that's the best you know, I think um, I, I keep thinking back to to what we were talking about in terms of music and and so forth, and especially when it comes to education. And I've said this before, and you know what? I'll probably say this again a hundred or a thousand times over the next forty years of my existence, because I have to outlive my great grandmother who lived to be one hundred, and I'm at Woo! sixty now. So so I got a ways to go. I got another lifetime. Okay, maybe two. Do it. Uh, you know, they talk an awful lot sometimes about cutting the uh, elective classes when budgets are tight in schools. Uh, they keep the fundamentals, but they get rid of physical ed. They get rid of music. They get rid of the arts. They get rid of all of these other elements. And, you know, when you were talking about how a gong is made, it adds another piece of, so to speak, another uh, bit of ammunition. If you keep music get rid of chemistry get rid of the science classes get rid of history get rid of all of the basics 
Guess what? The gong. How's it made? You're going to be dealing with alchemy, chemistry. All right. Mm-hmm. Where's it from? History. You're going to be yeah. dealing with history. Okay. And geography. And geography. Okay. Uh, if you want to learn how to play it, uh, whole notes, half notes, quarter notes, eighth notes, sixteenth math. notes, math. <laughs> uh, if you want to write songs, syntax, English, spelling. You got it all. And then you've got the whole science around the physics part of the it. The physics. I mean, yeah. It doesn't That's end. And yeah, it but just, yeah, yeah, there's so much. Oh, fills my heart. It fills my heart. I remember in high school taking electives and thinking, ooh, that's the stuff I want to study all day, you know, where it was theater and music and and performing and those yeah. kinds of things. And why they were relegated to the term electives and not the powerhouse stuff yeah. was always a head scratcher to me. And always, as I literally am scratching my head <laughs> as I say that, <laughs> and why did that have to be the thing that was like a, like you said, it could be taken away or you might get be able to take it. When to me, that's where I learned. That's where I really filled out what what my callings are in yeah. this world, in this lifetime. So um, I, I still don't, I'm still not a math person. I'm still not a science person, not a geography person. But you get me doing something creative and I can help you change your life. Yeah. Well... They can do that if they go to your website, terrywilder.com, right? Connect yes. with you. Love to have you do that. Uh, we, will be, uh, we will be connected and linked to your website as well so that people can uh, do just that. I want to thank you so much, Terry Wilder, for joining us here on the program, sharing your story, sharing all of these different insights into your, not just your philosophy, but into your world of music and expression. And uh, certainly hope that one day, uh, one day soon, I hope uh, we can all get together once again and maybe have you in studio or out at the beach and uh, a couple of chairs, all that good stuff. Bring a gong with you. Uh, I'm sure oh, yeah. that, I, I, matter of fact, I know that these instruments are going to sound differently in the open air than they would inside a structure. Uh, but still, very profound, very exciting. And again, I thank you so much for joining us on the program. Thank you, Richard. I am so honored. And I, I just had a blast with you today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you. And I thank you for listening to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. You do know that we come your way Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Monday mornings at 1 a.m. streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com, along with podcasts at SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and many other locations that you folks are reposting. And I thank you for doing that. If you'd like to support the work we're doing, we would greatly appreciate it. That's why we have a PayPal and Patreon account for your security as well as ours. Any amount is welcome and we'll take energetic. We'll take sound uh, energy as well. So so strike. <laughs> no strike. Address the gong. Okay. Address the gong. Play the bowls. Whatever it is that you do, we, we greatly appreciate that. And also go to terrywilder.com. We will, as I said, be linked to her website and participate in the 2020s. The Decade of Perfect Vision. Spend that time going within. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to lol.